Good morning. You're listening to Radio 2SCR in Sydney. Unusually, the Sahaja Yoga meditation program is starting an hour early this morning, and we're going for two hours. So here it is, one hour early, the Sahaja Yoga meditation program. It's a recording. We are preparing for this program on, on Sunday morning. Um, the whole family of Sahaja Yoga is here tonight, or this morning, because we could say that Sahaja Yoga is like a big family. In today's program, we will try and make you feel the benefits of Sahaja Yoga meditation, and make you feel the joy, and also make you feel comfortable to call us after this program to 
to help us to help you sorry um, why to help you because we all need help in the way that in this life uh, we have to we, we are trying to solve our problems we are trying to find ways to to improve our lives and one of the ways we we have experienced in Sajaga is through meditation we've been able to balance ourselves and find solutions and and answers to many of the problems so we we thought that it would be very interesting for us to to share it with you so today's program is based on experience we will first talk about um, the achievements of, of Srimata Jinnamala Devi who is the founder of Sahaja Yoga uh, through her life um, and then also through our own lives as uh, Sahaja Yogis who have been practicing meditation for quite many years now and we will go through all the different suspects or a- areas where Sahaja Yoga is involved today to, to help people to get uh, answers and solutions to any problems they have. Uh, we'll have a presentation of uh, the, the principles of Sahaja Yoga by, by Leanne now. The word yoga means to connect. The aim of life is to connect oneself to the spirit within us, the divine energy or life force. Srimataji Nirmaladevi has advocated the Sahaja Yoga technique for householders to attain spiritual awareness and knowledge through the raising of the Kundalini. The Kundalini is the spiritual energy located in the sacrum bone. One can very easily practice it without renouncing one's family life. It does not require any special knowledge or scriptures. The divine energy or life force is flowing incessantly throughout the universe in the form of vibrations or waves, very similar to various other waves we receive like sound waves, light and radio waves, etc. The Kundalini facilitates our union with the divine energy by cleansing our chakras or spiritual energy centers. The human body is controlled by the seven plexuses or chakras known in Sanskrit. When these are cleansed, their performance is improved to its maximum, protecting the human body from any disease or vice. This is fact and medically verified. Research done on the practice of Sahaja Yoga meditation has found its conclusions to be consistent with the insights of modern medicine. That was just a brief introduction. Um, during the program, you'll learn a little bit more by speaking to other people what Sahaja Yoga is about and how you can practice Sahaja Yoga at home. Uh, Sahaja Yoga is for all the family. Um, it is now practiced in um, about 60 countries all around the world, all by the um, teachings of Srimataji Nirmaladevi, the founder of Sahaja Yoga. And now we're going to listen to a, um, a cassette which was made by people who practice Sahaja Yoga regarding the life of Srimataji and her part that she is taking in the world today, in the world of spirituality. There's a big inner revolution that is coming up. We must understand we are delicately made, beautiful flowers of God. We are human beings. And the time has come for us to become now the fruits. This is the blossom time. I think next century we'll have 
beautiful people all around us no no troubles of wars very peaceful we'll be all sitting in the kingdom of god Since the beginning of time, human beings have been searching for answers. Who am I? Why am I here? What is the purpose of existence? Many great incarnations and prophets have tried to shed light on the human dilemma and urge us towards spiritual awakening. Like different flowers on one tree of life, they spoke the same truths. but were bathed in different fragrances Buddha saw enlightenment as the answer to our suffering a thousand petal lotus emanating from the crown of the head Muhammad also spoke of the ru a cool breeze flowing out of the top of the head and the hands At the time of resurrection your hands will speak he explained and Krishna in his playful mirth depicted the need for yoga or union with the divine he spoke of the collective nature of man and the need for each of us to dissolve into the ocean of bliss christ also explained that salvation would come only through second birth forgiveness and compassion would clear the path towards this awakening which would be felt as tongues of cool flames crowning the head in a divine halo heralding the new age of enlightenment he promised us a comforter the holy spirit an incarnation who would lead us from darkness to the dawning of a new era the age of the mother has arrived Out of recognition for her great work, Sri Mataji Nirmala Devi has been hailed around the world as the Great Mother. Since 1970, her mastery over the primordial energy known as Kundalini has drawn seekers to her public programs by the thousands. They come to experience the awakening of this energy, which is felt as a cool breeze emanating from the top of the head. As our spiritual mother, This force brings about a profound state of inner peace as we're spiritually reborn. Through this connection to the divine, we go beyond the mind and into the state of thoughtless awareness, which heals and soothes our inner psyche. Lao-Tzu described the Kundalini in a most beautiful way. There is a thing inherent and natural which existed before heaven and earth. Motionless and fathomless, it stands alone and never changes. It pervades everywhere and never becomes exhausted. It may be regarded as the mother of the universe. I do not know its name. If I am forced to give it a name, I call it Tao, and I name it as supreme.
Sri Mataji was born to a Christian family at Chinvara, a town at the very center of India. She arrived at midday on the 21st of March, 1923, on the spring equinox at a time when the planets were aligned in a most extraordinary way. Heralding this auspicious event was her mother's dream to see a tiger. In the jungle, the wild animal appeared before her in all its splendor. She was overcome with joy and knew at that moment that there was something very special about her child. Born with the knowledge that she had a divine gift, Sri Mataji felt the need to share her understanding of God with humanity from her very childhood. Her parents knew why she was on the earth, and her father, who was a very learned man, helped her to understand about human beings. As a child, she was called Nimala, which means pure, and she spent a very happy childhood endearing herself to all around her. She befriended all the animals and birds, sometimes even frightening the maids when she brought snakes into the house to caress. At other times, she could be found alone in a remote corner of the house, her face beaming with inward joy, lost in meditation. Even at an early age, she was searching for a way to share this joy with those around her. She loved everything that was genuine and natural, walking each day to school in her bare feet in order to feel the earth. Her father laughingly told a new driver, "It is easy to recognize my daughter. She is the girl who carries her shoes in her hands." During vacations and holidays, Nimala accompanied her family to Gandhi's ashram. He enjoyed her immensely, affectionately calling her Nepali because of her beautiful features. Shumatiji later explained her relationship with the Mahatma. Now Gandhiji was very strict. The way he used to make everyone get up at four in the morning, have your bath, come for puja. But his quality was that what he said he practiced. There was no hypocrisy about it. Also, he used to get into a temper with people who would misbehave, and I used to put some cool water on him because I was a little girl. He would really understand it, and he used to say, "How is it that you keep so peaceful about such things?" And I said, "That's the solution. Reaction is not the way you can really work it out. Forgiving itself solves the problem." Seeing the wisdom of this child. Gandhi treated Nirmala with great respect. He recognized her divine nature and sought her advice about spiritual matters. When the fight for India's independence from Britain began, Nirmala and her family were at the heart of the struggle. Renouncing their wealth, her parents Prasad and Cornelia Rao, who were direct descendants of the royal Shalavahana dynasty, helped organize protests in Nagpur. As a result, they were frequently put in prison from 1928 until freedom was won in 1947. They made it a family rule that no one was to shed tears upon their departure for jail, teaching the children to share in joy and grief alike. After all, their incarceration was a step towards freedom for their mother India, and there was no need to be sad. Growing up in the independence movement, Shrimadhaji took an active role as a youth leader, spearheading the student struggle in Lahore while attending medical school. 
To this day, she is an outspoken advocate for political freedom, declaring that people cannot grow spiritually until they are free politically. I had such a good childhood with my parents. They taught us how to be sacrificing. My father was in jail for years. My mother went to jail five times. And from huge big houses we were living in huts. But we used to enjoy everything. The feeling that whatever our parents are doing is for our country's freedom was so elevating, so elevating that we never even thought of little comforts that children ask for. We could sleep anywhere, eat anything, live anywhere and that has given me the lesson that if you have complete purity about your dedication and purity about what you have to do, you can achieve. And as Gandhiji had said, we have to have first freedom. I saw the Union Jack coming down and I saw the tricolor going up. That was the moment. It's beyond me. Even now, I remember those days. Following the success of the freedom movement, her father played a key role in helping to write the new constitution and to set a new government into motion. Now that Mother India was beginning to stand on her own, Sri Mataji felt free to marry. In 1947, she married Mr. C.P. Srivastava, a prominent member of the Indian Civil Service. They were blessed with two daughters, Kalpana and Sadhana, and success in his political career. He was appointed personal secretary to one of the most famous and beloved prime ministers in Indian history, Lal Bahadur Shastri. Following Shastri's tragic death, Mr. Srivastava began his United Nations career, culminating in 16 years as Secretary General of the United Nations International Maritime Organization and a knighthood by the Queen of England. During this period, Sri Mataji waited patiently for the right time to begin spreading her divine message. After raising her children to adulthood and seeing them happily married, Sri Mataji had fulfilled her responsibilities as a mother and a householder and was prepared to embark upon her true life's work the emancipation of humanity. Having been invited to the ashram of a prominent local guru in 1970, she was shocked to see him looting people in the name of spirituality. Suddenly aware that the seekers everywhere were in danger from this future trend, Sri Mataji searched deep within herself for a solution. She spent the entire night on the seashore contemplating. And in the early hours of the morning, disgust with the falsehood she had witnessed and compassion for her children everywhere, 
forced her to act. She meditated upon the Sahasrara, the energy center on the crown of the head, and prayed that all the seekers of truth would eventually receive their enlightenment and bring about the dawning of collective consciousness in humanity. She describes this historic event. As soon as Sastrara was open, the whole atmosphere was filled with tremendous Chaitanya. And there was tremendous light in the sky. And the whole thing came on this earth as if a torrential rain or a waterfall with such a tremendous force as if I was unaware and got stupefied. The happening was so unexpected and so tremendous that I was stunned and I became completely silent at its grandeur. I saw the primordial Kundalini rising like a big furnace and the furnace was very silent but burning uh, appearance it had as if you heat up some metal and it has many colors in the same way the Kundalini showed up like a huge furnace which is like a tunnel uh, where you see these plants you have for uh, coal burning to create electricity and it stretched like a telescope one after another came out like that and the deities came and sat on their seats on their golden seats and then they lifted the whole of the head like a big dome and opened it and then this torrential rain completely drenched me and I started seeing all that and got lost into the joy. It was like an artist seeing its own creation fulfilled. I felt the joy of great fulfillment. After emerging from this beautiful experience, Sri Mataji looked around and saw the blindness of human beings, and she became absolutely silent. She desired that everyone should attain their self-realization in order that their eyes could be opened. Her vision for humanity had come into focus and was beginning to unfold. Following this, Sri Mataji began teaching a small group of seekers how to meditate. She stood behind each individual and raised the Kundalini by placing her hands on the various energy centers along the spine. This was a natural process which awakened their residual power of pure desire. She awakened this power called Kundalini, which lay dormant in the sacrum bone at the base of the spine, coiled in three and a half coils. When awakened, it rose up the spinal cord, connecting and enlightening the energy centers. As it pierced the fontanelle bone area at the top of the head, 
they were connected with the divine. Although she was working with only a handful of people, she was searching for a universal method which would allow her to give this experience to large groups of people. She soon developed a technique for en masse self-realization. Taking into account all the different combinations and permutations of the human personality, the method was startlingly simple. The seeker would express his or her desire by holding the left hand towards Sri Mataji. Verbal affirmations helped the mothering energy to rise and the experience could be verified by feeling the Kundalini in the hands and above the head. As more and more people expressed their desire to have this awakening, she began an en masse self-realization movement. Sahaja Yoga was born. Listeners, please see if you can feel the Kundalini as a cool wind above your head. Place your palm above the head, right in the middle, about 5 to 15 centimeters above the head, and keep raising and lowering the palms slowly to see if you can feel this subtle energy, this cool wind hitting your palms. You may also feel more calm, more silent. Please join us in meditation. Try and maintain this silence. Try and maintain this cool coming out of your head.
I would like to now introduce Avinash, the coordinator for Sahaja Yoga in Australia. Avinash uh, takes a very active and dynamic role uh, in the spreading of Srimadaji's uh, teachings here. Avinash, um, what is it that first attracted you to Srimadaji um, and what made you think that this meditation and her teachings were reality and the truth? Thank you, Doctor, for your kind words. Uh, it's a very joyous occasion that we are celebrating the 32 years of establishment of Sahaja Yoga. It's a very joyous thing to talk about Srimadaji, to think about Srimadaji, because uh, from the first time that I met her in 1988, uh, I feel everything that I've got in my life has been all her blessings. It really gives you that feeling of very silent, peace, joyous sort of state. So who is Srimadaji? We've heard today through the talk, uh, through the program earlier on. Srimadaji, what does she stand for? What is the special thing that she has? As you know, She's 79 years of age. She works so hard that if you are with her, even for just two, three days, even if you are one third of her age, even if you are very young in your prime youth, you feel worn out by the end of the second day. So she seems to have some endless source of some divine energy, which she just goes on and on with. What has she given us? She has been able to raise the kundalini of all of us as individuals, as sahajyogis. When I was young, when I was growing up, I heard, I read that very great masters, very great saints could raise maximum one person's kundalini maybe in the whole lifetime. And here is Srimadhiji who can raise hundreds of thousands of kundalinis at one given time. She must be amazing. She must be someone really great. I think when you feel, start to imagine those powers that she has, you must think she must be someone just sitting somewhere. I don't know what feeling you get, but you really feel that special quality in her. But when you meet her, you'll find that she's nothing but love. She's nothing but compassion. You meet her and you'll know that she just knows you completely. She knows you in and out. And it's really amazing. And all her interest is that how we can grow in our spiritual ascent. Personally, I've been very kind to have a lot of time with her. And I've seen personally in my own life, in the life of my family members, uh, how her love has permeated and helped in all aspects of life. I've seen my own mother, who's a doctor, who's a medical practitioner, and as those who work very hard, also suffering from heart ailments, ischemic cardiac disease, hypertension. She meets Srimadhiji, goes back, does an ECG, and everything is just normal. I've seen her really affect so many people's life throughout the world, which is just unbelievable. And if you can just imagine a great person, 
a great saint or he has to have or she has to have those amazing powers to really do this great work of transformation that she is doing then the question people ask is she if she has got so much powers is she divine person would you call her an incarnation would you call her god it's a very difficult question but let's ask ourselves what is god we only have this imaginary thing of how we feel a god should be if we worship rama we want rama to appear exactly as what we've seen him in our pictures if you worship christ we want to see him with the cross or exactly as what we have in our mind but he may not necessarily come with those powers they say that the time of resurrection your hands will speak how do we understand an incarnation how do we know how to recognize one i think to really know a great person or a great saint is really beyond us what we have to see is whether the person has the power of the divine person of giving that self realization of giving that transformation giving that inner peace that inner joy whatever that every seeker yearns for that looks for so to me she has answered all my questions of what my belief as to what god should be the other thing shimaji really stands for is the family life she herself is a mother a grandmother and a great grandmother and the active interest that she takes in looking after all the families to looking after her family obligations is really second to none sajoga is a work sajoga is her creation and the thing about sajoga is that you don't have to believe in it but you can experiment you can see whether it works and then you won't not only have your own powers of feeling yourself but also passing this on which is really the amazing thing shrimati ji i've seen so many miracles i've seen her in such a natural way that really it just fills me with joy it fills me with uh, so much of happiness just to think about her so i want to thank everyone for the organizers of this great program for inviting me and i want to urge all the listeners to have the open mind to really come and experiment with it because there's no money involved there's no membership you don't have to pay anything but you experiment and you'll see that it really really benefits in every aspect of life physically mentally emotionally and spiritually it's a very special thing the sajoga it's a very 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 important aspect and if people can come experiment i'm sure that we'll get over any sort of narrow vision that we have narrow understanding we have for life and lastly what shimaji ji has given us is the respect for all religions if you see the problem today in this world where we all are fighting because we feel that our religion is the best not really knowing what the true prophets really wanted us to do we feel we are the best because we are hindus we are muslims we are christians and we have the right to fight with each other 
and that's the thing that shimaji has taught me and the sahyogis throughout the world in 80 countries is that real essence of all the religions and how we become lot higher human being by understanding and respecting all the religions it's really the most amazing discovery it's the most amazing experience that one can have through sahaj yoga so again i thank everyone and i invite you all to please experience and experiment with sahaj yoga which is i'm sure there's lot of programs happening around in sydney lot of programs happening around australia in fact in about over 80 countries and you see how it will help you in every every aspect of life i'm sure there are a lot of people who will be uh, talking about different aspects of life how it relates to yours and i'm sure that you'll really fi- you'll find if you experiment with an open mind that it will really really help you in every aspect so i really thank everyone and invite again to really experiment and uh, because this knowledge is very very ancient it's really it was something which was really meant for only few people in the world people who gave up their family life gave up everything every attachment gave go to himalayas uh, and really did tremendous hard work and all that knowledge all that power which is within all of us uh, it's available it's free and it's it will help in every every aspect so thank you very much and please enjoy more of this program
the Sahaj Band singing one of a, a great Bhajan Jagawa. Uh, we're now going to talk about Sahaj Yoga for everyone, anywhere, and in all countries and cultures, and for simple householders. And I'll be speaking with uh, Deb Keekley. Um, Deb, can you tell me how long have you been in Sahaj Yoga? I'm practicing Sahaj Yoga now for 18 years. 18 years. Mm. So there's something that keeps you there for 18 absolutely, years? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So um, can you let people sort of have an understanding of how Sahaj Yoga works um, for people in general? And can you explain a little how Sahaj Yoga is practiced at home and how it benefits the family and mm. how it's integrated in with the family life and at home? I think this is probably one of the the most important aspects of Sahaja Yoga, probably for me anyways, and, and, and for women in society, is that the emphasis or, or the importance that is placed by Shambhataji on the, the family and the householders, how important it is for us to have a, a happy, loving, stable home life, uh, where an environment where we can grow our children, where the vibrations flow and we can do this by meditation at home and it's a very simple and easy thing to do. So what does it take, the meditation? Some people maybe are a little bit frightened of the word meditation, I don't have time for it or maybe they have ideas that it's something that... Um, mm, it's something that's very, very simple to do, 10 minutes in the morning. You can have a meditation when you first get up. You can have a meditation that includes the family or not. Um, children can can learn to meditate at a, from a very young age. What we've noticed in Sahaja Yoga are the children, just full of vibrations. These children are manifesting the qualities of joy, love, spontaneity, innocence. It's just, it permeates through, through their being with their interaction with each other and with you, and they actually teach us a lot about how we want to be um, in our meditation. These are the qualities that are manifest through the different energy centers in the uh, chakra system, and the children show us that these qualities are easy to attain, they're easy to manifest, they're um, they just in, they just drag us into their joy and their happiness and their spontaneity mm. and and it flows around the family and that relaxed atmosphere is there during meditation it flows on to your everyday life. So having a good start in life would obviously produce balanced adults uh, and teenagers. It does actually. What we've noticed with the children is that as they grow older, they are very very grounded. They know who they are. They're happy um, beings. They are stable in their home life. They go through their teenage years and they come out um, with uh, through high school knowing who where they want to go. They have a very focused um, view of life. Um, at the moment, we've got about half a dozen or eight children who were born in Sajoga who are now graduated from high school. They have scored exceptionally well on the UAIs. They are studying medical science, environmental science, astrophysics, international, international studies. And they are just there. They are just beautiful beings. This is what makes you want to meditate. When you see the result in the children, when you 
see the result in the other family members when people come into your home and say there's a peacefulness here there's something happening here what is it they want to know and they can feel it you've mentioned the word um, vibrations this may seem a little bit of a an ambivalent word to people can you explain briefly what are vibrations vibrations are are well Shermanity talks about vibrations you can physically feel vibrations in your hands, coming out of the top of your head, emitting as cool, coolness coming out of the top of your head. Vibrations are the manifestation of God's love. Vibrations created this universe. And vibrations are what Shimadaji and what this meditation gets us back in touch with. When you're in touch with the vibrations, you know. You know the truth. You know love. You emanate the truth, and you emanate love, and you emanate the vibrations. Thanks, Deborah. Um, it was just basically to show you that this, this technique of Sahaja Yoga meditation can be practiced by everyone um, anywhere at any time, really, and how it is so beneficial to every individual and as a family unit um, the benefits are uh, unending and one of the benefits that we've been um, researching in Sahaja Yoga is in the medical field and I'll now pass you on to Rob Hutchin and Lee Allen who were involved in the ADHA, um, ADHD uh, research that Sahaja Yoga has recently been involved with. Hi Robert. <laughs> uh, so we have Robert here. Uh, as part of the medical research team, they were involved in this uh, research going on in hospitals in uh, in Sydney. Um, sorry, Rob, I just got your, <laughs> your talk. Uh, just one question to start with. Why did you become involved in this research? Uh, to all the researchers on the team, it seemed quite important to us to uh, be able to scientifically measure the results of Sajoga. So what we've done in a number of the research trials is, is set up a double-blind trial so that anyone in the medical uh, fraternity throughout the world would see this trial as being purely scientific rather than esoteric or, or spiritual in its, in its nature. So I, I believe the trial is a, a comparison between uh, this Sajoga meditation and other techniques of relaxation of, or meditation. Um, why was Sahaja Yoga meditation as distinct from other forms of meditation selected to be used in this research? Uh, the overwhelming thing was that Sahaja Yoga was uh, very simple in its technique. It didn't conflict with anybody else's faiths, so it was obviously open to other, other people of, of any faith. And uh, the fact that it costs nothing and that age was not a barrier. So depending on the disease or the ailment or the problem that we chose to research, anybody could practice it. And throughout all the research that's taken place, it, it shows no side effects and no side effects that have, have been documented. Mm. And, and where has this research been carried out? Uh, the Natural Therapies Unit at the Royal Hospital for Women has been in Australia the principal point of reference for uh, the research. Some of the researchers involve double-blind trials, which means that some parts of the group are uh, doing Sajoga meditation and we measure them against another form of relaxation therapy. And we've had significant results in, um, in, in asthma, in migraine, in menopausal hot flushes, in 
the ADHD trials that we're doing. And uh, all, all, all people during the trial report significant improvements. It's just uh, we don't really expound the uh, philosophical or the subtle side of Saj Yoga. We show very simple techniques and we get very targeted results. And, and talking about results, um, how does Saj Yoga meditation allow the healing of the body? How does it work out uh, in simple words? The overwhelming uh, research that we've done to date shows that the individual becomes more sensitive and that, and that in that sensitivity they're able to balance themselves and uh, they start to get an acute awareness of, of their subtle uh, energy system. And all diseases start to occur when this life force is out of balance. So what we do with the uh, participants of the research program is we give them an understanding of that, uh, of that life force or that, that inner understanding and we give them a very direct and, and, and very sublime connection with that. Hmm. And when they're able to interpret it for themselves on a day-to-day basis, they can start healing themselves. And that's the whole goal yeah. of the research is that these people are aided with a tool. And then that tool is taken out into the wider community and shared with their families. Even if, um, as some of the research has shown, they don't need to understand the, the subtle aspects. They just understand the mechanism and, and, it, and it's working for them. The double blind trials have involved uh, asthma, migraine, uh, menopausal hot flushes. And um, with those, we, we've needed to do a double blind trial. In the um, asthma research, we got handed some what they call bulletproof patients that are technically incurable. It doesn't matter how much uh, um, medication you give them. Uh, it, it doesn't, they don't get any better. So what we um, were able to do after a six-week trial was to um, measure their airway hyper-responsiveness. So what you do is you antagonise the airways after a while, after the six-week trial, and, and see how long it takes them uh, to bring on an asthma attack. And some of the participants in that trial recorded, uh, you know, no response to the, um, to the you know... So it, it means it works? Well, from our, from, from, look, it, it's early days, and all of our preliminary trials seem to suggest that there are some very promising results. Uh, uh. The other um, groundbreaking research that we've done is in emotional intelligence. And uh, in a shorter than eight-week trial, emotional intelligence is um, above or uh, a separate study to do with, um, say, IQ. And emotional intelligence, the study that we've done has shown that we can grow it. And uh, the, the uh, meditators, the experienced meditators all throughout Australia have been um, uh, surveyed and the findings seem to be that the effects of Sahaja Yoga seem to be very similar to the characteristics of leaders of business throughout Australia. And emotional intelligence is extremely good for business. Uh, another question, uh, this time for Kim, is um, she was uh, also taking part in this kind of activities with the, the children. I'd like to know what what did you witness there? Did you see obvious changes in children? Was it easy or difficult with some children? The thing that we were all very impressed with, all the, those of us who've been involved with the children uh, who suffer from ADD, is that even the most disturbed child 
responds very readily to the Sahaja Yoga meditation. They all feel it very easily. And the other really important thing is that the parents are also feeling it and we're actually treating uh, the family as a whole. So it's not actually just the children, it's the parents as well. The parents have a separate meditation class and they learn all the techniques and that's really integral to the whole thing. And so it, as you know, it once again demonstrates what Deborah was talking about before is that Sahaja Yoga meditation is something for the whole family. Uh, just before giving a last word for Robert, uh, don't forget that we, you can call us to, to ask us to, to help you or to come to your school or wherever you are um, on 97474835. It's the, the, the phone number for the main center of Sahaja Yoga in Sydney. Uh, Rob, what did you want to, to add? Just some of the results that we've had with the parents in, in conducting the parents' meditation classes. Uh, some of the parents are reporting that um, the kids are uh, within just a week of, of learning how to meditate, uh, dropping anxieties. We had one parent report recently that the kid had about four or five chronic phobias where they had a fear of lifts and stuff. And within a week of learning how to meditate, they were dropping that. A lot of the children would take an hour, an hour and a half to put to bed. A lot of the parents now have to go and check that the kids are not doing anything wrong because they're not hearing anything. Um, and a lot of the parents are just having an amazing result in how they respond to their own children in terms of how relaxed they are and what sort of effect that's having on the whole household. So it's quite amazing when the parents get it and, and you know they re really respond to their kids in a different way. Uh, excellent. Thank you very much for uh, all this uh, information. Um, I, I do know, and we all know, that music also is a very important part of uh, our uh, growth and spiritual awakening. So just uh, before uh, we start music, we'll have a short announcement, but after that we'll have some beautiful music for you to enjoy. You're listening to uh, 2SER in Sydney, and we're right in the middle of a very special two-hour broadcast of the Sahaja Yoga Meditation. And we're going to go on now with a very special type of music called Kavali. Oh, 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 oh,
can a mother burn her own child? She has been waiting for ages to give you this realization. For ages she is within you. And now you don't give her a chance to give you your second birth. How can that be? You will understand that all these great incarnations who came on this earth have helped to build up this. They are all there within you on these centers, which you will find out. And all these fights going on stupidly in the name of God or anything is nonsense because they are all one. We are only fighting. So all your global problems, all your fighting problems, all your family problems, the word problem disappears. It happens. It must happen because you are specially blessed and you are the Spirit. This collectiveness gives you the feeling of oneness with others. Not out of jealousy, not out of greed, not out of any carnal love or anything, but it is just pure love, pure love, which you have not experienced. All the perversions drop out. But you don't become sort of an abnormal person on the street, you see, walking with your closed eyes, no. You become an enlightened person, absolutely normal. You dress up normally outside, you can live with whole life. But then you understand what is your dignity, your decency and everything. It's no show outside of your achievement, but you know within yourself. You also know who is a realized soul. And then you meet. It's such a connection. Has been always, but now it becomes obvious, evident, and you can work it out. The most important thing is that your brain opens out like this, like a lotus. It opens out. All the problems of brain drop out. How many diseases there are of brain? I wanted to know, so there's such a big book. I said, my goodness. More than the petals we have in the brain. And it can happen to anybody in the modern times. It's very common. It's awaiting at your door, sort of. All these can be solved. Absolutely you can be saved, you can be protected. And every time you will be feeling this, you are protected. There is somebody to protect you, to encourage you, to look after you. Who is that? That is this Param Chaitanya. That is this, they call it Ruh. They call it the all-pervading power of Divine Love. They also call it the cool breeze of the Holy Ghost. You feel cool breeze on your fingertips. Is all written there in all the books, but symbolically, so people don't understand. Once it happens, then you are in the another world. Such miracles, such help, and such protection. It's a 
thing where you feel you can never be drowned in the ocean of this mad world, because now you are in the ocean of joy. You are enjoying, and this is what you have to have. But you must grow, all of you must grow. But there's nothing to complain, actually you should complain against yourself. Either you are lazy, or you are too enthusiastic, or you are infatuated by some sort of a nonsensical guru, or something is there. Just don't try to criticize others, but see for yourself in prospect, why, why, why is it, why can't I do it? All this can work out, I assure you, I assure you very much that you should realize that my coming to England, living here for years together, I didn't come for Sajok, I came because my husband got a job here. And then seeing people in England, I thought they can really achieve a lot. May God bless you. Now it's very simple. If it doesn't shock you, I'll tell you there are two, three conditions. The first one is you have to take out your shoes because this Mother Earth helps us a lot. She absorbs all our problems. Now the second condition is, which is also not very absurd, that please don't feel guilty about anything. It's a fashion. I'm very guilty. Why are you guilty? No, I have to confess. I'm very guilty. About what? You know the other day I was eating the food and I was holding knife on the right hand, finished. These norms are human beings have created. This kind of stupid things for which you should feel guilty and get this center here on the left hand side. So not to feel guilty. What are you guilty about? If you were guilty you would have been in jail, not here. So please first of all forgive yourself completely, you are not guilty, I assure you. It's a new uh, evolution with people's mind that they should feel guilty, finished. If you are guilty, when it happened you should have done something about it, forget it. Why are you carrying, uh, carrying that load on your left you should be here? It's the second one. And the third one is, I think is also very simple is to forgive yourself, as I said, and forgive others. Now you say, Mother, we can't, just we can't, it's a bit difficult. But try to understand the logic. Whether you forgive or don't forgive, what do you do? Nothing, just the same. But say, if you don't forgive, then what happens? You play into wrong hands, you torture yourself. So just say in your heart that, Mother, I forgive myself fully, I forgive others fully. Whether they are in your mind or not, just say that and your, this center will open up in no time. This will all help me a lot. These three things are very important and I know you can get your realization in no time.
So to put your hands like this towards me, like this, just simple, as if you are asking for self-realization like this. Need not be higher, this thing, just whatever is comfortable. People can't believe that sitting in the hall, how can you get realization? But you deserve it. You get it because that's the time and because you are seekers. Don't doubt yourself, please. Have your hands like that. Now you can close your eyes if you want to, if you don't want to close, don't close your eyes because there's no mesmerism going on, at least I close my eyes. Now, <coughs> put the right hand towards me and put the left hand on top of your fontanelle bone area. Now you'll feel some cool or a hot breeze coming out of your fontanelle bone area which was a soft bone in your childhood. Don't put your hand on top of it. You have to put it away from it and you can move the hand to see yourself. Don't say that you've got it unless until you have got it. We are not to cheat ourselves. All right. Now please put your left hand towards me and put the right hand on top of your you can bend your hip, that's better if you bend your head and with the right hand you sit. Once more, please put your right hand towards me. And again with the left hand, you see for yourself if there's a cool or a hot breeze is coming. Now don't doubt it, if it is coming it is there, could be hot it will cool down. You can move up on the sides and see for yourself. Now open your eyes and put your both hands towards me like this. Now watch me without see, thinking, without thinking. Just try. You can do it. Huh? Now, Raise your both the hands towards the sky like this, push back your head. And ask any one of these three questions three times, any one of them. First one, Mother, is this the cool breeze of the Holy Ghost? First question is, is this the cool breeze of the Holy Ghost? Second question is, Mother, is this the all-pervading power of Divine Love. Third question is, Mother, is this the Ruh or the Param Chaitanya? Ask any one of these questions three times in your heart. Now again put down your hands, that's all. Now put your hands like this towards me. Just like that. All those who have felt cool or hot breeze on their palms or on their fingertips or out of their fontanelle bone area, 
Please raise your both hands. Just look at that. You are proving what I have said. Just look at that. Now you have got it. Now this is a responsibility to grow. So may God bless you. May God.
We have arrived, we have arrived, we have arrived. Mother, you have taken us to Sahasrara Chakra. We have gone beyond ego, beyond conditionings. centers um, so I'll start straight away with Andrew um, why did you decide to undertake these programs in detention centers uh, we were approached by um, a program coordinator at one of these centers and they asked us if we could uh, run programs for the boys at this uh, center so we were very appreciative to be able to do that and uh, maybe show a positive alternative to the behaviour problems that some of these boys had. So, and also to give them maybe the experience of this state of peace which they could feel within themselves through the raising of this Kundalini energy. So how did you manage to, to structure these programs uh, in this situation? There was about four to twelve boys which would attend any one of these programs at any time. Uh, they were very simple and basically just the boys that wanted to experience meditation attended and uh, they did find that they all, or virtually all of them, experienced some form of meditation while they were there and uh, some of the meditations went very deep. Yeah, <laughs> deep means uh, they, they managed to, to calm down their thoughts and um, get this inner peace. Um, how can Sajaga meditation help these people? Well, basically, they've all come, or most of them have come from a very violent uh, background, I guess, because uh, most of them are in there through some of these sort of crimes. But through the awakening of the Kundalini, this gentle energy will help to balance them. And some of them are already asking certain questions about themselves like um, will this meditation help me to communicate better with others? Will this meditation 
make me feel the peace? And these are sort of the questions. So we feel that they're crying out for help. So it's really uh, good to see that uh, basically this meditation seems to uh, just give them that little, a bit more balance than what they've had. Um, Andrew, where did you hold these programs? Uh, they were held in the detention center, and uh, basically the the staff there also uh, were involved in the programs as well. They meditated along with us, and a lot of them were very much enjoying what was going on, and uh, I think uh, they needed it just as much as some of the boys. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, it was really good. Uh, and and um, just going a little bit further, but in, in, in short... Um, What's happening now with this with this young man? Um, is there going to be a following? Uh, did they improve in such a way that uh, uh, the, the administration has has, uh, has noticed you about that? Some of the comments that uh, some of the staff have said to us, some of the boys that have been particularly uh, maybe a little bit harder to handle. They were very surprised just to see them sitting there, sometimes for five, ten, up to twenty minutes, in total silence, which is nearly unprecedented. And uh, and really, we just enjoyed it as much as I'm sure they did. But um, basically, uh, uh, the staff, once when they get this Kundalini awakening, uh, I'm sure that uh, hopefully the boys will all uh, benefit from having. Um, staff that are realized so thank you very much andrew and Lilian. now we, we move on uh, quickly to the stress stress management uh with rob um who has been involved in this it's uh, it's another another very interesting uh, aspect of our activities so rob um wh- what gave you the idea or how did it work out to to, to penetrate in this business area, how can people in business understand meditation? Uh, the impetus for this um, stress management in the workplace came from a trial study that we did into emotional intelligence. And we found that the um, benefits that we were recording amongst our yoga practitioners were very similar to the um, characteristics of um, CFOs and C- CEOs uh, uh, and, and their characteristics measured throughout Australia. And um, where did you hold these programs, basically? Uh, we've done a trial at um, Caltex, at uh, a division of Family and Community Services, a division of the Department of Health, and we also attended a, um, a workshop uh, for IBM where over three th- 300 of their female top female executives from around the world um, experience this meditation and we just recently did uh, the National um, Midwives Annual Conference. How do you think Sajoga can help uh, people uh, in the workplace? The, the pivotal difference between Sajoga and other forms of stress management techniques is that most stress management techniques involve some form of uh, mental activity, some form of creative visualisation or, or some mental exercise. The principal difference with Sarj Yoga is the the state that's achieved in meditation is thoughtless awareness. So by a very simple technique, the kundalini or the inner energy is awakened and this allows 
people within a very short space of time. Our, our sessions are only half an hour and they only run for six to eight weeks depending on what the organisation agrees to. So within five minutes, the whole class is, is thoughtlessly aware and then they're shown some very simple and very real techniques to allow them to clear both in the workplace, uh, during the meditation session obviously, and also to take these tools home with them afterwards. And we've reported some... We've we've had some very nice feedback from some of the people. What uh, are these feedback? <laughs> um, uh, a lot of people in customer service roles come to the programs. They they notice that they're more detached with, when dealing with with you know issues, issues or frustrated clients. Um, the ability to switch off after work and, and leave everything at work. The fact that they've got a clearer mind and they're more relaxed. Overwhelmingly, we've had a a, a large indication of of, of a greater Uh, sense of self-esteem and uh, the ability to be able to use this anywhere is what impresses mm. a lot of uh, the, pre the, the, the staff members coming to it and the overwhelming thing that impresses a lot of the people coming to the classes is that it raises uh, their opinion of their employer to be able to offer this in the workplace. They see that it's quite pioneering and, and the fact that it's... You so, know. It, so it's good. That if, you, if you want to, to get the benefits of that, please call us on 9747-4835. Now we move on to the music. And after that, we have another section on schools.
That was another good meditation. Um, we, have to, we have to talk again, sorry, about the schools this time with Rosemary and Gillian. Um, so I've heard that you've been doing some meditation programs at school, Rosemary. Uh, where did it uh, happen? Um, meditation has been offered in a number of high schools throughout New South Wales. Uh, the school that I was involved with was in Wollongong where the meditation was offered as a sports option to students, which was really a good idea. Mm, it's mm. a good sport. Um, what age group did you work with? Um, all age groups in high school, um, from year 7 to year 12, which is about 13 years to approximately 18 years. That's the easy age for children, is it? It is, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the aim of uh, this program? Uh, the aim of the program was to help students with their general stresses in life, especially exam pressures, but more importantly, <coughs> to give them an opportunity to know themselves from the inside. Um, in their day-to-day -day lives, they found that their attention was always pulled outside and they had very little time for inner contemplation. Um, Sahaja Yoga Meditation, very simply and easily, uh, gave them the ability to find peace inside. But how does it happen to them? Because we know that because of school uh, pressure, because of television, because of Game Boys, because of all these things, how can they take back their attention inside? Well, uh, the Kundalini, the rising of the Kundalini, allows the person to go inside. But are they keen to do? Uh, yes, yes. They, they are... Uh, those age groups, even though they might be more of a problem at home perhaps, at school, um, they're very spontaneous and and they came to meditation very quickly, yes, and they they meditated quite deeply also. Gillian, what's your experience in this uh, field? Um, well, we ran some programs in different schools in Sydney and we found that um, the students uh, were actually having trouble dealing with stress and dealing with exam pressure and um, many of them said that after learning how to meditate within a very short time they found it easier to study, easier to concentrate. They were able to absorb things a lot easier. We had one girl who came back and said last night I just couldn't get to sleep so I, I went through the meditation progress, pro, um, process which is what you've just been through and I slept all night without a problem. So they got instant results and they also found um, that they were able to relax whenever they wanted to. I would have liked to have this when I was a kid. Um, now we move, we move on to the a group which we call the Yuva Shaktis. Uh, and they are actually a group of young people. And they can tell us actually what they feel, how this helps them in their studies. Um, not to mention that we have a preschool working also in Burwood. Uh, which is called a Mother's Child Care Centre, which uh, gives this opportunity for young, very young children to, to be um, evolving in this, in this atmosphere of, of, of vibration. But let's go with the, the, the adolescents, the teenagers. Why am I practicing Sahaja Yoga? And what keeps me practicing Sahaja Yoga? The basis of this was a, a great feeling, a great wanting to know this knowledge which I would call truth. 
and I wasn't going to stop until I found this truth. And in Sahaja Yoga, it's not just talking about the truth, but it is the experience. And this is a very profound thing. But were you a kind of agitated guy or very quiet type? You could look at it as if there's a room we're sitting in now and it's all the lights are on and there's no darkness. How can there be darkness if there's no lights on? I mean, if the, if the lights are on. But before this light of the spirit came on, there was darkness, which you, you could say was uh, doubts and fear and a lot of different things. Uh, yeah, I've sort of uh, felt similar experiences of Derek. Um, one thing I noticed when I started meditating, because um, through the process you can sort of clear out your subtle body, like clear out your chakras and everything, and the kundalini helps with this. Um, I felt that sort of aspects of myself which I thought were me kind of dropped out, and I realized, well, that's not who I am. And you can kind of really go deep in the meditation, and it's, yeah, it's really a process of sort of finding out who you are, and, um, yeah, basically, you know, it's good. <laughs> Christian? Uh, what I've found in myself through Sad Yoga is um, one thing, the confidence to stand up, just to be yourself and to know yourself and to know which direction to take. Um, basically to know what the right thing is to do and which path to take. Okay, back to Derek and then we, we go. Uh, there was just a, a little prompt here that said, Yuva Shakti, the vision of the future. If I could just maybe say a few words on that. In Sydney, there's a thousand Sahaja Yogis, all from different countries, different backgrounds, practicing Sahaja Yoga. And somehow we all get along, and this is a very amazing thing. So if this can happen to thousands, why can't it happen to millions? That's a good ending for this program. Uh, thanks very much for listening today. Uh, please call us on 97474835 and we will be very, very pleased to come and help you wherever, wherever you are, whatever you are doing. Thanks very much and see you next week.